morning. Just ask you to fill this place with your spirit. We want to just be in your presence and take time to worship you. I thank you that you are a good, good father and that you watch over us and you take care of us. And you long to have relationship with us, Father. and We long to have relationship with you. I thank you that we can come before you and spend time with you. I ask you to bless this time now in the name of Jesus.
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. At the coming of the King, Hosanna, we will sing. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the
Good to see you guys. You know, nothing quite like being with God's people, worshiping the Lord. Amen. And I want to give a special shout out to Carlos and Elaine. We're thinking about you guys. And I want you to know that God is going to speak to you today. 
and laying, God is healing you and raising you up and is never going to be the same. In Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Yeah! I tell you what, I'm excited about what God is doing. And if you don't feel it, you don't sense it, then wake up. Because it's happening. The Lord is moving among us. I want to read you this passage of Scripture I read a few weeks ago, but it's worth hearing again. Because it ties in with my message. Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. I tell you, when you begin to think about what God says, and you begin to reject what the lies of the enemies are in your life, and you begin to say, I'm going to believe what God says, Amen. then whatever you do will prosper. Hallelujah. And the things that don't seem to be prospering, it won't matter because you'll be so excited about the fact that God is living in you, Amen. you won't care. Hallelujah. It just won't even affect you anymore. That's why you can walk in joy and peace yes. and love and be hopeful about the future because God is taking care of you. So we're going to have a good time today. Amen. Man, we had a good time last night at the men's and women's meeting. And uh, we had a guy talking to us about uh, God doing miracles and wonderful things. And I'm inspired. I asked him, he said, he said we're going to be going to uh, Mexico. You think some of your people might want to go? And I said, well, let me ask you, is it safe? And he said, God didn't ask if it was safe. He asked us to go. <laughs> like, so, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from... Limitations on you, because there is nothing impossible for God. Hallelujah. We need to get our eyes on Him, begin to believe what He says, <coughs> not what circumstances, not what all the situations in life say. Amen. This morning, God wants to speak to you. Everyone here, everyone listening from wherever you may be, God wants to speak to you. So as we worship, worship the Lord with all of your heart. But keep your ears open because God is going to speak to you. Amen. And he's going to call your name and he's going to say something specifically to you that's going to change things in your life. Because we're not going to go out of here like we came in. Hallelujah. If you came ready to receive, you're going to go out of here changed. Amen. So Lord, today we commit this time to you. We choose to worship you. We choose to lift up and exalt you yes. because you are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. So Lord, we're listening for you. Our eyes are on you. And our ears are tuned into you, Lord, so speak to us. Tell us something today that will change us, Lord. Amen. We need you. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that you will do that today. In Jesus' name, yes. let's worship.
I will trust and not be afraid when I'm The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear or cowardice, yes, thank you, Jesus. but of dynamite power, agape love, and a sound and disciplined mind. Woo! So if you have fear in your life, it's because you're listening to the wrong voices. Sorry, that's just all there is to it. God is not the author of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And he who has fear has not been perfected in love because fear has torment. If you're in torment from fear this morning, God wants to set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. That is not part of our plan as believers, to walk in fear. God, God wants us to walk in love and power, peace. He wants our minds to be in in a disciplined way so that we're not overwhelmed and overthrown by chaos and confusion and fear and all the, the voices coming at us. And today, with all this COVID and all the things that are going on, I get it. I mean, you could be, you could be confused. You could have so many things coming at you so fast and furious that it's easy to fall into that and begin to doubt and question and have fear. God wants us to be free of fear because perfect love casts out fear. So, Lord, today I'm asking you, Lord, to speak to each person, every person that's experiencing fear, whether it's great fear, whether it's paralyzing fear, or whether it's just, just a little anxiousness. Fear is not a godly character quality. and We reject that. We want to walk in your perfect love, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to comprehend your love, that love, Lord, that's it's wider than we can reach. Yes. It's longer and farther than we can see. And it's, it's higher yes. than we can even hope to attain to. And it's deeper than we could ever sink to. Your love yes. is greater than anything. Yes. Anything that we face in this life. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that your love never fails. Hallelujah. It never gives up. Thank you, Jesus. It never ceases to act on our behalf, Lord. Your love is so awesome because you are awesome and you are love lord and i thank you that your perfect love it can overthrow our fear it can overthrow our doubt your perfect love gives us the ability to stand and just say yes i've got some things going on in my life but i'm not afraid because i'm trusting in you and i know you're all about my good lord you are for me you're not against me and if you're for me who can be against me no one can be against me when you're for me so i stand in the power and truth of your word his word is good yes. towards us as his people. Lord, speak to us this morning. Just breathe in. Breathe in of his spirit right now. This is the time we're in his presence. And I want us just to, just to let him 
breathes life into you because there are, there are things going on in your life that you need to have the peace of God. There are things going on that you need to have His assurance. You need to hear Him say your name and say, I love you more than you'll ever understand or know. I'm watching out for you. I've got things in control. You can trust me. It's safe because I'm holding you in my hand. And even when it's a scary thing that you're facing, that's the safest place to be is in God's hand. So speak those words, Lord, that we need to hear to each person. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you are speaking words of life over us this morning. Each one of us are hearing the things that we need to hear. Maybe we don't understand everything about it, but, but as we move forward with our eyes on you, your word in our heart, you'll make things clearer and clearer day by day. And I thank you, Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you're always working good in us and for us and through us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. Thank you for your spirit that is here indwelling us, assuring us of your love and your care in our lives. Continue to speak to us now, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated, and uh, thank you guys. So we're going to do things a little different today. I'm going to save the announcements for the end of the service. Kind of weird and different, but we're going to try that. I do want to make one announcement, though, uh, right now, and that is that uh, we're going to dismiss the kids to go to their classes. And, uh, and then... Also, if you have an offering in mind, um, the box back there is where we place our offerings, and we trust your faithfulness. Uh, this is Mission Sunday, and we ask that you consider giving to missions. Uh, last night at the men's meeting, we had a, 
a speaker that uh, is involved with all kinds of worldwide uh, ministries and they especially are building homes and buildings and schools and orphanages and medical clinics and uh, drilling water wells and he's, uh, he's got a deal. What a deal. He can drill a water well for $1,500. I mean, that's a bargain. But we're buying a water well. The men's group said we're going to buy a water well. He's got 57 locations in India right now that he's ready to go. And uh, I just, you know, I'm not trying to solicit money necessarily. I'm just saying if, you, if that interests you and you'd like to give, uh, then you can put on there on your check. You don't have to write a separate check. You can just put on the memo, water wells or, you know, whatever. Uh, just so we know what it is, we'll get it to the right place. And so I'm encouraged because God is moving. And God is giving us opportunities, more ways to serve, more things to do. It's really exciting. So normally I'd let you get up and greet each other, but I'm not going to do that. So just think about how you would greet someone if you could. And uh, just fake it in your mind. We've been talking about wounds of our soul and how God wants to renew our minds and restore our souls. And... Uh, I don't know how many more weeks I'm going to talk about this, but I am repeating myself a little bit, and I'm doing that because uh, I think we need to learn this, and the only way you can really learn something is if you hear it a few times. And so that verse I read at the beginning uh, before we started worshiping about uh, meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, and you'll prosper at everything you put your hands to do, uh, that's, that's sort of what we're talking about. When you learn... To think God's word, that is renewing your mind. And instead of your old man controlling your thoughts and the things that you say and the things you do and all of your reactions and actions in life, your spiritual man, that inward man in you that's been redeemed, will begin to be the powerful force in your life. And the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, will cause you to think God's word, cause you to begin to speak God's word, cause you to begin to react to people and circumstances with what God's Word says instead of the old way. So I always say this jokingly, but, you know, someone kicks you in the shin, you know, instead of kicking them in the shin back, you can just say, bless God, you know, I love you, brother. You might limp off, you know, but, uh, but that's okay. But, you know, the old man wants to just respond the same old way you've always done. Well, I'm not going to let you do that to me. How dare you? And it happens in other ways, too. Not physically a kick, maybe, but maybe it's a little poke with a word. Maybe someone says, boy, was that really a dumb thing that you did? Or, or are you sure about that? Or, you know, people question you. People say things to you that, are, that they hurt. The old saying, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you? Baloney. Words will hurt you. There are power in words, and when you say something hurtful to someone, it hurts you. So the whole point of all this series, though, is to learn to think differently. We want to think the way that God wants us to think. Because if we do that, then everyday life will be different for us. Because our life will begin to be prosperous and will be fruitful. We'll be like that tree planted by the rivers of water, and we'll give forth fruit in our season. And when is your season? It's right now, baby. This is it. I mean, we're not going to be giving forth fruit when we're in heaven. It's right now. This is the time to be fruitful. This is the time to do the things that God has called us to do. Heaven's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. 
But right now is the time we need to be living the abundant life. Now is the time we need to be walking in the power of the Spirit. Now is the time we need to be operating in the authority and the power of the kingdom, doing kingdom business. And that's when we need to be seeing the fruitfulness is now. It's time to get up out of our seats and begin to do stuff, figuratively speaking. I don't want you to get up right this second. Wait till, you, wait till the service is over and then go do it. No, actually, I'm totally okay with we as a body. If you feel like the Lord wants you to go pray for someone, wants you to go share a word of encouragement to someone, I mean, you're not going to disturb me at all. Might shock them a little bit every now and then, but that's okay. We're, we're a loving body, and we believe in ministering and loving on one another and encouraging one another. So, um, but we need to be more actively involved in everyday ministry. And, you know, a lot of people have this mindset that ministry is for the pastor or the guy up here on the, on the podium. We all have ministry. We all have a calling, and the calling is to tell people about Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if we're not doing that, then we're just missing out. So don't think that you're going to get some ministry because your life is supposed to be the ministry. Every day, everywhere you go, every person you talk to is an opportunity. And I'm going to give you a challenge today. How about this? This week, how about everywhere you go, every person you talk to, you just keep your ears open to the Lord and listen to what they're saying. And when that person gives you some indication that they've got a problem or there's something going on in their life that they're frustrated with, they'll tell you, oh, man, I don't feel good today. Would you just be bold and say, can I pray for you? And I don't care if it's in Walmart at the gas pump, the bank, a neighbor, school, you, you young people, you have an opportunity. And that doesn't require very much. It just requires you to be obedient. And who knows? Who knows what the Lord may do? If you can be obedient in that, then maybe the Lord will take that another step and that person will say, you know, I don't know too much about all this, this uh, Bible stuff and Christianity, and then you can, you can talk to them about the Lord. Maybe you can actually lead someone to the Lord. But it has to start somewhere. you got to start doing something. Because every day you, you go out and you interact with people to some extent, and yet we're like, like little lambs, you know. We need to be bold like lions. We've got the king of the universe that lives inside of us. And we ought to be excited about that enough to tell somebody else about it. If God's done something good and wonderful in your life, you ought to be bragging about him. Everywhere you go, you ought to be talking about how good God is. It ought to just come out naturally. You shouldn't have to be thinking about it. It ought to just be what's on your heart and mind all the time. And when someone says, man, i got problems, you say, hey, can I pray for you? Because I know the guy that can answer those problems. I know the guy that can heal you. I know the guy that can take care of that. And just let God take care of the results. I know it's scary. It's scary to pray for someone when they're sick. And I don't normally do that like I did this morning, proclaiming health and healing over Elaine. She has leukemia. But you've got to be bold. You've got to believe what God says. God says, I am the Lord who heals you. 
Jesus took stripes on his back for our healing. That's the truth of the word. Do we believe it or not? Sorry. You know, if it doesn't work out the way I hope that it will, tough luck. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be obedient. I'm going to do the things that God has called me to do. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to live the truth. And I'm going to walk in truth. And I'm asking you to do the same thing. So this week, that's the challenge. Keep your eyes and ears open. And when somebody gives you an in, maybe it won't be real obvious, but just keep your eyes and ears open. You'll hear that clue. And when you get the clue, be bold. Don't be shy. He's not giving us a spirit of cowardice, but power, love, and a sound mind, a disciplined mind. The love should be in your heart. That should make you motivated to want to help that person. If someone says, I've got this problem, I mean, your love ought to kick in. The love of God ought to be kicking in and saying, yeah, let's do something. Let, let, let me see if I can help you. Let's do something. And the power is the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit living in you. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it resides in you. And it will quicken mortal bodies. It will bring health and healing, cause people to come alive spiritually and physically. We've got to start doing something, folks. And we've, we're starting in a lot of places. We're, we're helping feed the, the community. Some of us went yesterday to a training about suicide. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out all different things that we can do, ways that we can touch people's lives and help them. Uh, we want to be involved in missions and giving because uh, there are people all over the world that are suffering. Did you know that two-thirds of, two of the planet has nothing? I mean, you got a shed in your backyard probably that's fancier than their homes. Billions, with a B, billions of people have nothing. They live on dirt floors. They, they don't even know where their next meal's coming from. And then we're, we're worrying about if we get steak or hamburgers or whatever. God help us. We, we need to be set free of our thinking which is why I'm teaching you about renewing your minds, because that's part of it. We need to begin to see things from God's perspective instead of our same old, same old that we've always done. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, for our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Day by day we're being renewed. This is the process. It's not a one-time event. You know, you, you give your life to the Lord, you're beginning a process. It's not... That's not the end of it. And unfortunately, some people believe that when they go to the altar and accept Jesus, that, you know, it's like I got my ticket punched, I'm going to heaven, that's it. You know, that's, that's all my commitment, I'm good. That's not all your commitment. That's not what it's about. That's just the beginning place. And it's a walk with the Lord. It's a journey. And the Lord wants us to walk with Him and know Him and walk in the fullness of His Spirit and the truth of His Word. And that's what the abundant life is all about. If you're not doing that, you're not walking in the abundant life. And you're not going to be walking in the, in the authority and the power of the kingdom either. Paul says in uh, 
Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And then he goes on, and he says something which is really relevant to what we're talking about, renewing your mind. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So all those qualities I just read, true, pure, just, lovely, uh, noble, virtuous, praiseworthy. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Sounds a lot like our Father in heaven. Those are character qualities of God. Those are the kind of things that we ought to be thinking about all the time. And so when we have a person in our life that we have struggles with an issue, maybe, maybe we're crossways with them, and our mind, are we thinking things that are pure and true and just and noble and praiseworthy and virtuous about them? Are we thinking lovely thoughts about them? Or are we thinking, why, you rotten skunk? You know, and I'm telling you, that's the kind of thing that we need to learn to change how we think because if you don't change the way you think it's going to be really hard to walk in forgiveness it's going to be really hard to not be walking around in bitterness because you're going to be remembering and thinking all the bad things about that person or that situation that's causing you those thoughts but if you begin to change the way you think about it it changes everything and the way you do that is you begin to Speak well of that person. Bless them. Instead of thinking about the way that they hurt you, think about the way that you're blessing them. There's a lot of power in your words when you begin to bless people. But if you start thinking correctly, thinking the way God wants you to think, then you won't, you won't have as much problem with those old negative thoughts and those old things that take you down that path towards unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. And what you think is what you're probably going to say. And I tell you this all the time. I'm, I'm not perfect by any means, but I have learned to control my mouth a little bit. So I have thoughts, and sometimes they're not good thoughts. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm kind of really aggravated and mad, but I've learned not to just say everything that's in my mind. But... If you, if you haven't changed the way you think, though, it's just a matter of time before you probably say what you're thinking. And I, I tell you that I've learned to control the outward responses, but I need to learn to change my inward responses so that it's not even an issue anymore. And when someone, when someone says or does something to me that used to trigger a reaction in me, it won't trigger that reaction anymore because I'm not, I'm not that same person. I think differently. My mind is working differently. You have the power to change those thoughts and memories in your brain. But it does take some effort on your part. It's a miracle that God can do, but it takes our 
our investment also. We don't, uh, we don't need to take the attitude that it's all just going to happen miraculously. I mean, we have to invest ourselves. If you want to be healed of unforgiveness or bitterness, you've got to do something. I mean, you've got to get free, you know, pray and let the Lord deliver you and set you free. But then you've got you to start changing the way you think about that person or that situation. Otherwise, it's just going to keep coming back. And when it comes back, it's going gonna, it's gonna to whoop you. You have to begin to change the way you think about it. And the way, that, the way that you do it is by considering where all those thoughts and problems come from. And then you begin to say, okay, that's what, that's what happens to me. Here's how I'm going to begin to respond to it. You begin to figure out scriptures that address that, what God's word says about it. You formulate a plan when those thoughts come. You take them captive. And then you begin to think differently. You begin to say things differently. And you come up with a plan for your everyday life, how you can, you can walk this out. It's a practical thing. And if you'll do that on a regular basis, you can change the way that you think. I've done it. I've I did it in my own life before I'm preaching it to you because I believe pretty strongly in the fact that, that what we teach and preach ought to be real live stuff applicable to our lives. Not just a bunch of theory, not just a bunch of information, but something that you can say, this is a plan, I can do this. And it's all based on the Word of God. It's based on the, the, the Spirit of God making it come alive to you. But our part is to just be diligent. Now, motto of this church is real, real church for real people. And I think we might need to change it to real church for real messed up people because we are messed up. We all got problems. You know, I've got problems. You've got problems. If you don't admit it, you're a liar. And uh, sorry, but, you know, that's one of your problems. You're a liar because we've all got problems. But we're not supposed to just continue to live in those problems. We're not supposed to just sit down beside them and be comfortable and say, this is who I am, this is who I'm going to be. When God told the children of Israel to go into the promised land, he was very specific. He said, I want you to go in there and I want you to utterly destroy, cast out all the inhabitants of the land. He didn't say go in there and take up residence beside them and get along with them. Don't rock the boat. He said, go in there and get the place cleaned out. And that's what we're supposed to do. When we become believers, the rest of our life, we're supposed to be cleaning house. And you don't do it in your own strength. Thank God for that, right? That He has given us the tools, His grace and His mercy, His Word, the Holy Spirit making all that truth come alive to us. Those are the tools that we do it with, but, but we're involved in the process. And I think sometimes we just, we have this attitude that, Oh, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. It's okay. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be the only weirdo. God's calling us to be weirdos. Sort of. <laughs> now, I don't want you to be a weirdo just because you're a weirdo, but, uh, you know, that's me. I'm, you know, I've always been kind of strange. My dad even said, he said, you're a weird little guy. Man, you're a weird little guy. Uh, and I have to say, that kind of stuck with me. I've always thought of myself as being a little bit different. Uh, but, you know, it, I'm talking about being different because of what God has done in your life, not because you're just, you're just, you know, doing your own thing. 
Because doing your own thing is not a character quality of God, because God is a God of order. And people that think, well, I'm, I'm marching to my own drumbeat. Well, you better get in line and get to the right drumbeat, because God has a drumbeat that we're supposed to be following the rhythm and, and participating in. And if you're out there doing your own thing, like Gomer Powell, you know, yeah, I, you know, you're you're going to be out of step with everything that God is doing. God, He's a God of order. He wants us to be in step with Him, and when He says, "I'm going to take you by the hand and lead you," that means we have to get on board with that, and we have to take His hand, and we have to walk with Him, and we have to listen for His voice. We got to see where He's going. We got to stay right there beside Him. We don't want to go to the right. We don't want to go to the left. We don't want to fall behind. We don't want to run ahead. We want to stay right there. Bad things happen to you when you get off the path and you get ahead or you get behind. Terrible things can happen. I, I heard a story about a family that went to um, mountains in Colorado to a retreat. They were walking on the trails and a little, little boy, like eight years old, you know, he kept running up ahead and they kept saying, come back, you know, don't, don't get so far ahead. And he ran up ahead and the path stopped at a cliff, and he just ran right off the cliff and died. What a horrible way to have a vacation, you know. But it, but it, was, it was because he ran ahead, and he wasn't familiar with where he's going. He had parents there trying to, to help him, but he was just, he was a little rebel. You know, and kids are that way. And we're that way. That's why we have to have a disciplined mind. That's why we have to change the way we think. Because we all want to kind of do our own thing sometimes. Around our house, we have a saying, and it comes from raising kids. If you've been around little kids, you've heard it. You say, let me help you with that. And they say, no, all by myself. And that's what we say a lot of times, you know, all by myself. Because that's, that's the way we are. We all want to do stuff our own way. We want to do it all by ourselves. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. It's, it's just a, it's a symptom of some pride you got going on. You want to be in charge. That's what, that's what caused Satan to get kicked out of heaven. He wanted to be in charge. And when you want to do it your way, you want to march to your own drumbeat, you want to do your own thing, and you can rationalize it by saying, well, I'm just creative, and I'm just, you know, I'm just, you're just a rebel is what you are. And God is calling you to come into order because he's a God of order. And we've, we have creative people. That's wonderful. We have leaders. And sometimes they step out and lead in a little different path than we've been going. And that's okay as long as they're following God. That's what leaders do, and that's what creative people do. They, they create. But when you're out there just doing your own thing and it's not part of what God's plan is, that is a problem. We need to change the way that we think. Okay, so Ephesians 5, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word. And that word, the Greek word, is rhema. That is the living word. It's the word that has it's come alive to us. It's like the Holy Spirit has breathed it into us and we have received that as a revealed truth. That's the truth that will really change you. The truth that has been 
uh, made alive to you personally. That's how God wants to cleanse us and, and uh, change us is through his living word. As we begin to meditate on the word day and night, that's when his word comes alive to us. That's when it becomes something personal that we can apply. When you start thinking about God's word, and in Deuteronomy, God was telling us, said, look, you need, to, you need to think about my word all the time. You need to write it on, on, on the doorpost. You need to put it on the refrigerator. Put it on your rearview mirror. Stamp it on your forehead. You know what I mean? Get a, get a stapler right there on your forehead where his word is right there. Put it on your glasses where it's inside there and everything you see all day long is his word. That's what he wants us to do because when his word is in us, it changes us for the good. Would you like to be changed for the good? Amen. It's that living word that'll change you. Change the way you think because then you're not thinking the same old way that you've always thought and you won't be doing the same old things you've always done because as you are in your heart, as you think in your mind, that's how you're going to live. You're going to do what you're thinking. I promise you, people don't go out and rob a bank unless they've been thinking about robbing a bank for a while. They don't go out and commit adultery unless they've been thinking about committing adultery for a while. They don't think about going out and just murdering someone or doing some heinous crime unless they've already been thinking about it. And they've probably already taken steps, small steps. Instead of killing someone, they stole a pencil at work and they didn't get caught. Next thing you know, it's like, I'll steal a bag of candy or I'll do, you know, it just starts growing. It's like, well, I got away with that. And that's the way it works. That's the way the enemy works. It's incrementalism. He tells you something, if you do it, it's like, yeah, I got him. I just go back to that again. Just keep hitting them with that same thing because they went for it. It's like bait. You know, once it gets the hook in your mouth, you're hooked. You're not getting away. And wherever he goes, that's where you're going to go. You need the Lord to pull the hook out so that you can be free. And that happens by, by him doing the work in you and you renewing your mind so that you're thinking differently. If you keep thinking about robbing a bank, eventually you might actually want to go try to rob the bank. But if you quit thinking about it, start thinking about putting your money in the bank instead of robbing it, you know, change the way you think, and then you won't have that problem. And then in Romans, I'm going to read this passage to you. It's Romans 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. The rhema word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the rhema word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Did you know that's one of the most important things that we need to learn? Is that when you give your life to the Lord, it's going to be good. It's not going to be bad. You know, God, God is for good. He works good in us. And you're not going to be put to shame if you put your trust in Him. If you don't believe that, you're going to have trouble walking with the Lord. If you think God is going to, is going to punish you, or God is going to hurt you, or God is going to put sickness and death on you because He's, you know, He's punishing you. I mean, you, you got a wrong concept of God. God is love. Now, 
He will bring judgment into your life if you're a rebel. But he's doing it because he is love and he wants you to be held. He doesn't want you to run off the cliff. And he doesn't want you to straggle behind so you get eaten by the wolves. He wants you to stay with the group where there's safety. He wants you to stay the course. God wants to protect you and watch out for you. He is for your good. Whoever believes in him won't be put to shame. There's no distinction between, between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, for they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and a contrary people. I read all that to give you some context. The first I want to talk about is the one that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you'll notice in the context, it's all about hearing. You can't believe if you don't hear. You can't hear if someone doesn't tell you. You can't respond if you don't hear it and believe it. And he says, God has, has basically, he's spoken to everyone in different forms and fashions, but some of them haven't responded. Even his own people. He said he reached out his hand to them, and they were a bunch of rebels. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I don't disagree with the idea that you're hearing the word of God and that's, that's how you build your faith because that is true. That's what I'm telling you. It changes you. When you begin to believe what God says, it changes you. But, but this verse, it actually says, if you, if you take the word by and you look at what it is in the original, it says, so then faith out of hearing and hearing on account of the rhema, word of God. So, I would just like to suggest to you that if it weren't for God's word, you wouldn't even have the ability to hear the truth. You wouldn't have the ability to hear anything that God is saying to you except that God's word is alive and it's powerful and it's working in us. That rhema word, that living word that becomes alive and revealed to you so that you can respond to it. You can't respond to the truth if it's not for God's word. Matter of fact, you might not even be able to hear. Yeah. If God hadn't spoken, maybe we wouldn't even need ears. Maybe he wouldn't even have created us with ears if he, if he didn't intend for us to hear his word. 
But God's word is what gives you the ability to hear and to respond. That's why his word is so important. That's how we, we build our faith. That's how we build our relationship with him. That's how we renew our minds. That's how we restore our souls. That's how we turn our lives back. That's how we build up the inward man that is supposed to be the new spiritual man who we've become. It's by the word of God as we begin to think about the word and meditate on the word. And that means to bring it up and mull it over, mutter it to yourself, you know, Stamp it on your forehead. Read it and think about it. As you're driving in the car, be thinking about God's Word. As you're, as you're exercising, be thinking about God's Word. As you're fishing, be thinking about God's Word. As you're sitting in your deer stand, be thinking about God's Word. You know, ho, ho, ho when you're digging or whatever. Whatever you're doing, meditate on God's Word. If you can begin to meditate and think about God's Word, it will become alive to you. God will begin to speak to you. You memorize some scripture, and then you start, you start mulling over. And as you begin to think about it word by word, and it's like, wow, that word right there, I really never thought about that before. And then you, you begin to get all this revelation and insight about how God wants to speak to you through those verses that you've memorized. That's what meditation will do for you. You begin to bring it up and mull it over. And then maybe you, you go on about your business for a while, and then you, you bring it up again. You think about it some more. And you begin to do that over and over again. I mean, that's, that's why people write songs. That's why people preach and teach what we do. It's because God's Word is becoming alive to us. I can't tell you how many times uh, verses that I've memorized, I end up preaching them, and it's not even what I used to believe about the verse necessarily. I mean, I'm, it's like a whole new insight I've gotten because I begin to meditate on it. And God began to share things with me. And I'm not saying I got... I'm, changing what God's word means. I just, uh, it, it speaks to me in a different way because I'm beginning to think about it over and over and over and the Holy Spirit is beginning to apply that truth to my life and when he applies the truth to your life, it becomes alive to you. And you say, oh yeah, I see it now. I've got this problem in my life and this word right here addresses this problem right here. Thank you, Lord. I can be healed of that. I can be set free of that. I don't have to be like that anymore. And can I just suggest to you that you, you shouldn't rationalize and explain it away. That's just who I am. Baloney. That's who you were. That's the old man. God wants to change you. He wants to conform you to the image of his son. And all the things that go on in your life, good or bad or ugly or indifferent, it doesn't matter. God wants to use them all for his good to change you to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what it's all about. If God just wanted you to go to heaven, I think you would just poof, go to heaven when you get saved. Matter of fact, I've got a granddaughter that she was terrified to receive Christ because she thought she was going to go to heaven right when she did. And she didn't want to go to heaven yet. She, you know, a year or two later, she decided it was okay. She went ahead and did it. But, but you know, that's, that's what people think, though, sometimes. It's like, well, that's my whole purpose, just going to heaven. That is not your whole purpose. That's like the icing on the cake. Life, here and now, that's our purpose. The abundant life. What are we going to do with it? We're going we're to just drift along and just do whatever? Or are we going to follow God and do it with a purpose? In 
And I'm preaching to myself, too, because I'm telling you, I've not always done exactly what I'm telling you to do. But I'm, I'm trying to change. And as God changes me, I'm hoping that he changes you, too. Because we're going to change for the good. We're going to change for the better. Joshua 1, he said, this is... Uh, these are the words of the Lord. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, what I think is really cool about this verse is they're fixing to go in and conquer the promised land. They're going to go in there and do battle. And he didn't say, be strong and be courageous when you go fight. He wasn't talking about fighting. He said, be strong and be courageous to believe what I say. That's where we've got to be strong and courageous, to believe what God says. We have to resist the lies of the enemy, because if you listen to the lies of the enemy, you're going to get snookered. Unfortunately, they went right in there. Very, they hadn't even fought a battle yet. Went right in there, and here came these um, Gibeonites or whatever they were, some, one of those ites, and uh, they dressed up like they were from way far away, and they had holes in their clothes and moldy bread, and they came in and said, oh, well, we've heard about how God's going to give you all this land, and we just want to be friends. You know, we don't want to die. And, and he said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, be, I'll make a peace treaty with you. And then they discovered that they were their neighbors right there beside them. The enemy will try to deceive you and lie to you. And if you are not, if you're not thinking God's word, you're going to get fooled sometimes. You're going to get deceived and you're going to get tricked and you're going to get snookered and you're going to begin to agree with a lie. You're going to begin to agree with some deception. And I imagine Joshua felt really bad about it. And he probably, if he hadn't done it as a covenant, I promise you, he would have killed them all. But he, he said, I can't do that because I actually made a covenant with them. And that means I have given my oath in God's name to be in covenant with them. He said, but I can do this. You're going you're gonna to chop wood and serve water, and carry water. You're going to do every crummy menial task that we ask you to do from now on. Or you're not going to be in covenant and then I can kill you. That's what the devil wants to do to us. He wants to, get us to, he wants to get us to the point where we believe the lie. If he can deceive us and we buy into it, then we're stuck with it until we figure it out and get free of it. And that's why you need to learn to renew your mind because if you keep thinking the same way, you're going to do the same things that you've been doing. Worship team, y'all can come back. So... I thought I was going to get to it this week, but I didn't. 
but I want to, I want to read this as they're coming. Ephesians 4, Paul's talking to him, and he says, you know, I don't want you to keep walking like the rest of the Gentiles, the, the futility of your mind, your understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance and blindness of your heart. Um, he said, if you've been taught by Christ that you should put off the old man concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you should put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old man, put on the new man. Put off, that means to cast it off. I work outside a lot of times. I have animals. I live on a little bit of acreage. And, you know, sometimes nasty water splashes up on you or mud gets on you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, John. So, but what you want to do, you know, when that gets on you, I mean, it's like, ah, you know, I mean, you want to get that nasty stuff off of you, you know? I mean, and you got chickens and animals that they're, they're nasty critters, you know, and, uh, and you, know, you get that stuff splashing. It's, it's not something you want on you. You're like, ah, I got to I gotta just get this off. And you're not worried about taking it off all nice and neatly. You're not worried about, you know, if it's going to, if it's going to be good or bad. I mean, you just want to get it away from you. Cast it off. That's what you want to do with your old man. But then you want to put on the new man. And I don't know about you, but every now and then, when everything is just right, you, you take a nice bath or shower and everything's good, and you get in there in a brand new, soft, warm blanket just came out of the dryer and it smells good, and you put it on, it's like, mm, 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 mm. You know, you just kind of settle into it. That's... That's what that is, putting on the new man. It is sinking into a new garment. Amen. I mean, you're just becoming one with that thing. It is just good. Mm, mm, mm. Cast off the old man, put on the new man. That's what you want to do. Cast off the old man, put on the new man. And that new man is renewed in the spirit of your mind. That new man thinks differently than the old man. That old man, it's got all kinds of nasty oil. I mean, you just want to cast that off. Get that away from you. You want to put on that new man. Sink into that new man and just let it become who you are, that renewed mind. Let's stand and worship.
So that's what we're talking about right there. God wants to make all things new. Amen. And we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be a bunch of cowards. We're going to walk and live in love and power and a sound and a disciplined mind because God is renewing all things in our lives. Now, if you don't know the Lord, today is an opportunity for you to come to know Him. I want to invite you to come to the front. We're not going to delay. We're not going to make a big deal about it. Come. Someone will meet you and pray with you. If you have anything else you'd like special prayer for, uh, that's fine. Come. Someone will meet you and pray with you. As we sing this last song, though, I want you to be thinking about areas of your life that you're, you're thinking, I want that to be made new. Oh, God, come and, and show me what you're going to do in my life to make me new. Show me the scripture that I need to hang on to. Show me the truth, that rhema word that I can grab a hold of. Trust you to renew my mind. In Jesus' name.
So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Go in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Have a great week. And uh, take the challenge. Pray for someone this week. You meet someone that says, I don't feel good. I've got this problem. Be bold. Say, can I pray for you? If they tell you no, then say, okay, fine. But if they say yes, then pray for them. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Thank you.